you were uh, just start that spoke... again, Craig. Sorry, yeah, just yeah, clean it. So yeah, so yeah, let's clean... dive into. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, seriously, seriously, come on, forty minutes. See, yeah, yeah. let's dive into it. You knew that was coming. 100%. <laughs> and we are back like White Chris and Stan Smith. This is the Long Snapper Podcast. Everything you need to know about the NFL with a heavy dose of British humour. My name is Craig and tonight I am joined by our maestro of misery, Doug. How you doing, mate? Yeah, Maestro Misery. Brilliant. Our <laughs> resident quiz master, Adam. What's happening, fella? Yeah, good. All good. Ready to go. And friend of the show and first time appearance, am I right? That's right. How you doing, Patrick? You all right? Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me on. No Look forward to your quiz? Very much so. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to be honest. If you come on the show, I'm not cool with people researching in preparation for the quiz. I think it's got to be something like natural and authentic about it. No swatting up. It's about your team. Have you researched, Patrick? Maybe. <laughs> Come on, yeah. after, after Viney last week. He set a high bar. You've got to. Yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not mad at you. Um, before we jump straight into the quiz, I will just say catch us on Twitter, Long Snap Pod. Um, it's pretty good. It's been good this year. Uh, it's been pretty funny. I would follow it even if I wasn't a part of it. That says something. <laughs> Adam, steady. <laughs> wanna wanna kick us off with a quiz? Did you listen to uh, last yeah. week's, Craig? I did, mate. Of course, I did. Really? Doug, I don't like how you tried to call me out about it as well <laughs> because we haven't had the conversation. And <laughs> just tries to drop it and that. Don't do that, bro. I listened. <laughs> don't worry. I'm going to be picking you up on a couple of your bits. Don't watch that. Adam, quiz time. Okay, uh, I guess we're all pretty familiar with this now. Uh, it's been running a long, long time. I say a long time. Uh, we've got five people on our Top Gear leaderboard looking at it. Viney is leading away with three out of five. Um, basically, the guests that come on are going to answer five questions about their team, a point for each. Any that they don't get go on offer, and a point can be taken away if tonight Craig or Dougie can, can answer them. Um, who knows, Patrick, you might not give them a chance. Um, so your team, the Jacksonville Jaguars, my favourite. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, I haven't haven't put too much bias into this. Uh, question one: The Jags have never made the Super Bowl, noting that, um, but they have reached two AFC Championship games early in their history. Which two teams beat them in those games, and half a point for each? The uh, New England Patriots and your Tennessee Titans, I think. Yeah, he's, uh, you're going to do well. I have a, a sense. Uh, that's a point straight away. Didn't, um, you said you, didn't you say you wasn't going to take these questions from Wikipedia? Because that one seems like a Wikipedia question all day long. That's more like a let's try and shoehorn the fact that the Titans beat them in 1999 sort of question. I'm surprised because that season we lost three games and all the Tennessee Titans so uh, yeah 14, 14 and 2 yeah um, a painful year <laughs> and if only things had ended slightly differently I would be laughing at that a lot more well, they did. <laughs> um, if Mark was here I'd remind everyone how the Tennessee Titans made it through the wildcard round um, let's see if he listens <laughs> uh, question 2 he won't um, no 
um, in fact, I think you'll get this very easily. Steve Matthews, if you remember him, he started a game at quarterback for the Jags in 1997. Uh, but who is the other left-hander in their history to start for them? Ooh. Is it Byron Leftwich? Or am I just thinking that because he's got left in his name? I'll go with that. Uh, <laughs> I've thought of it that way. He, he does have left in his name, but he didn't throw with his left hand. Um, so incorrect. <laughs> uh, Dougie or Craig, either of you have any idea on this? Just repeat the question. For someone that didn't another listen left to it. Hat, another <laughs> Steve Matthews. You don't even listen to the pod when you're, you're on disgrace. it. Left-handed, <laughs> left-handed Jags quarterback, other than Steve Matthews. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Mark Brunel. Yeah, yes. there you go. It was easy. Back, back to zero, <laughs> I'm afraid. Um, question three: Jacksonville now played five home games at Wembley Stadium. What is their win-loss record there? Three and two, I think. You would be spot on. Uh, lost their first two to the 49ers and the Cowboys. And um, since Blake Bortles has come in, they've been... In fact, I think he might have played the Cowboys game, but he's uh, they've won the last three. Um, question four. Which head coach has taken charge of the most games for Jacksonville? Uh, Tom Coughlin. Not. No. Oh. Anyone want to, to go in with that? Receiver Del Rio. Yeah. But Coughlin was there for nine years. Really? It's got to be Del Rio. It has to be. How long was the last? How long was Bradley there? Too long. <laughs> wait, 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 that's a good point. Um, no, Coughlin go for Del Rio. Go for Del Rio. Yeah, Del Rio. Coughlin was there for a long time. Del Rio. Enough, Why? Del Rio. Del, Del Rio is is correct. You're back to zero, I'm afraid. Oh. Um, there wasn't there's wasn't much in it. Uh, Del Rio was in charge for 143 games. Um, I've lost my notes, but Coughlin was something like 130. Uh, they were both there quite a while. Uh, Gus Bradley, not as long as that, luckily. Um, question five. Uh, let's get you back into positive <laughs> yardage. Uh, finally, a Blake Bortles fact. What <laughs> is the year of his birth? Oh, I've no idea. Ninety-one. Uh, Bad luck. <laughs> Goes on offer. Giving you a hint as well. Right, so I reckon he's what? about twenty-five, twenty-six. So count back. Well, is it, what's that? That'd be ninety or ninety-two. But I, I, how long has he been in the league? He's been in the league, what, five years? Four years? Yeah, which is why I reckon he's about 25, 26. 25, 26. Let's go 26 then. So 26 years from so, now. Well, that's what he just said, 30, 91. <laughs> 92 or 90? Nine, uh, 90. 90. Uh, the answer was 1992. Ah. <laughs> Bad luck, everybody. Save me from a negative. <laughs> yeah, big fat zero, um, which... Puts you. Let's. Where's our leaderboard? Let's have a look. It puts you. Uh, Dougie's typing it in. I can see. And dead last in the shared doc. Bottom. Uh, joint last. Joint last. But um, nobody's gone negative. Someone's going to go negative at some point. I mean, uh, that's appropriate for Jack's fan, right? <laughs> hey, to be but, fair. Yes. To be fair, like just so random that I knew both of those questions. 
yeah, you're a bit unlucky, I think, so especially with the the Jack Del Rio question. But there you go. Ah, well, unlucky, mate. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, little bit, little bit of news. Um, Doug, were you there when we met the Jags uh, mascot? No, mate. After a uh, Wembley game, did you know that's a, a real job? Like, guy gets to travel. Hasn't done anything else since college. Is literally just the mascot. Came to London, goes stays in pretty cool hotels and shit. Not bad. Anyway, full time job. Like that's this is well, Jackson Deville, he, right? He gets he gets paid to wear a Jaguar. Costume. He does also jump off the roof of Wembley once a year. I don't yeah. know if he does that at Everbank Field at all. Probably yeah. just swims in a swimming pool with that big costume in 90 degrees it, it was just very yeah. anyway <laughs> it's a real job he gets paid for it and we're sitting here doing this and we don't so let's talk some uh, actual football um everybody enjoy thanksgiving uh yeah i mean thursday as i like to call it <laughs> being not american <laughs> religious or bothered about turkey well, see, it's all Doug, about Black Friday, now, though. Wait a minute, it's still going on apparently. Wait, wait still a minute, Black wait Friday. a minute. I, 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 Doug <laughs> likes to say that. However, I have it on good authority that you, like I, had a Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, no, I had dinner on Thanksgiving. It was chicken. It was a roast dinner. It, see, <laughs> this, this is this is this almost epitomizes Doug's misery. I like to embrace the opportunity to take a day off and do nothing for no reason other than eat, drink and watch football. I think it's a fair enough tradition. I've I didn't no, take I've a no day issue. off. I didn't, I didn't need to take a day off. because You I work about three days three a, day, a, three days a week tops. Yeah, max. Yeah. So I don't watch a bit to, of football? Watch a lot of football, yeah. Laura, Laura football. Um, and it was good, said the pilgrims unto the <laughs> Native Americans that they were about to massacre. There has been a bit. Quite often, it's bad Thanksgiving football, and you can't it, you can't kind of hide from a bad game like you can on a Sunday with Red Zone. Often, the Lions have been terrible for for years, and that's how it starts. And you see them. Oh, that I, don't, I can think of a, a game against the Patriots one year, and you know, the the game's over with about fourteen and a half minutes left in the first quarter, and you're watching it, thinking, "Okay, Cowboys will be on in four hours," and Without- it gets a bit. Without Calvin Johnson, the Lions are a really an uninteresting team for me. So I always struggle to watch them. However, um, I think they played the Vikings on Thursday, in which was a very, very interesting game. I disagree um, with you. Sorry about them being uninteresting. Okay, that's fine. We're, we're allowed opinions, mate, like arseholes. You, you've got one, I've got one. It's fine. No, no, no. No stress, mate. <laughs> You know, it's, it's a podcast. We're allowed to debate, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or should we just move on? <laughs> I, I got, I got. No, I think the the Lions are so boring. I think Matthew Stafford, as good as he is, as you know, and I rate him, but you know, average with a lot of talent. I just, I just find them really a, a boring team. Don't have that excitement not really got the sex appeal or wow factor when you had a superstar like megatron it was just wasted i mean he, he megatron might be one of my favorite receivers of all time 
Uh, and without it, when 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 you when you look back on his career and you think they didn't do anything with him, maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's why I just I to be honest, I just don't really like the Lions. I suppose. I'm go on, go on. I was going to say, do you see Odell Beckham Jr. going the same way if he uh, stays at the Giants and they stay as mediocre? I think the Giants benefit from the the big market and maybe the. I don't really want to say the history because obviously Detroit have had some some great players, but I suppose the the the, the Giants have always been relevant. Every five years, every decade, they've had those big characters and they're in that big market. I will be disappointed if Odell Beckham doesn't do anything, but he is also a dick, so I won't be as <laughs> as I would be. I, I think Calvin Calvin Johnson was a stand up guy. No, yeah, I think. He's... I think behaved a lot better off the field than than Odell Beckham is. I think uh, the problem with Craig's outlook on the Lions is that they're not a big market team and they're not fashionable. If you can honestly sit there and say that Matthew Stafford is not an interesting quarterback to watch, I mean the guy gets nearly four thousand years passing, four thousand yards passing every season, and doesn't and, win a playoff. Well, yeah, but that's you can't put as we discussed last week. You can't put it all on a quarterback. He's had some shocking coaches. Some truly some... shocking coaches. He's had no run game for ten years, however long he's been in the league. He hasn't literally hasn't had a run game. He hasn't had a hundred yard rush. Drew Brees back. won a Drew Brees won a Super Bowl without a run game. No, he didn't. They had a run game, yes. and he had one of the best defenses in modern NFL history as well. So you know, so the the Lions to me are a great fun team to watch because they have no run game. They're all about throwing the ball deep. They're all about moving the ball. And, you know, they've had some interesting players on defense. I just think they've been unlucky. You've got to remember that they're in a division that in recent memory has had Aaron Rodgers, um, Brett Favre, Minnesota are always, always good. Um, Chicago during their good years when they had Cutler playing at a decent level, Matt Forte. They've had, they've probably been in one of the, most consistently decent divisions in football since Stafford's been there. They've been really unlucky and they've been in the playoffs year after year. They just don't win. <laughs> I, go, I go as far as to say that Stafford is pretty much on his own responsible for dragging that team out from absolutely nothing. Uh, they, were, they obviously drafted him after going 0-16. Um, and since then, with and without Megatron... Both both of those, um, they've been competitive. They're, they sit at six and five. Um, might struggle to get a playoff berth this year with how strong the NFC looks generally. Um, but I don't think I don't think Matt Stafford can take any blame for that at all. Um, as as we say, no, no running game at all. Not that much of a, a defense. He's been he's been carrying that team. I'm interested on the the Stafford debate, and maybe we'll um we'll we'll, we'll revisit the. Uh... The QB chat. Um, before we do though, I, I don't want let's let's not forget that, that, that I don't give a shit about being in the in the in the playoffs all the time. I don't care. You got to win. It's our Spurs. Every October they tell you they're going to win the league, and every February say uh, give you a million reasons why it it, it 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 was against them, why it wasn't their chance. I don't like it. At some point you just got to win, uh, and the Lions haven't. But don't get me wrong, look. Guy's got. I think he's got the record amount of fourth quarter comebacks. He throws for four thousand yards a year. I'm not. I'm not hating on that at all. 
I just, just said he was average. I'm just person. I don't. I don't like a player who doesn't win. I don't like it in general in life. I don't like people who don't win. And Megatron, this is a Jets fan speaking. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you say a Jets fan. We went to the AFC Championship game back to back years. I <laughs> love. I, I, I exactly, exactly. I love. I, I like playing balls out. I like doing all you can to win. They had at the time. Tell me there was a better receiver in the game than Megatron. We're not saying. But we're not saying that. And they never won. I, I, the, so for me, it's just turned me off them. But he, like you he, can like them. And I think you have to remember as well, I think the influence of the likes of Barry Sanders and shit will colour people's view on the Lions. Whereas for me, Megatron was maybe it's the era at a time, but was such a generational player. I'm truly pissed off that we never saw him do anything sig- really truly significant in the game, but that can be that that can be down to coaching. Like that's down to roster building. That's down to GM. That's down to coaches. If you've got Megatron on your team, it's easy to sit back and say, "Well, we've got Calvin Johnson. Well, you know, we should be." With-. No, that's not how it works. I mean, you can see that in any number of teams, any number of receivers, any number of running backs, any number of other players around the pitch, apart from a quarterback, because a, a generational quarterback can win games on his own. A generational receiver can't. I'm not. I'm not sure about a great receiver not being able to win it on his own. I think you do, but you do need a quarterback. But you've just told me how good Stafford is, so it's not as though he had a bum thrown to him. And the thing is, I'm not putting. I'm not placing the blame on Stafford. To be honest with you, the guy is a baller. He he goes out and competes. The guy gets punched in the mouth every year, you know. Um, so I, I'm not putting it, laying it in his door. I just generally don't like the franchise and the idea of any other time for me seeing the Lions. Vikings on Thanksgiving don't really turn me on, but it did this. It did this time, and uh, it lived up to it. I thought it was a good game. Um, Case Keenum surely going to go to the Pro Bowl. Uh, very interesting. What's 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 his um what's his ceiling? Because you know we know Bridgewater's coming back. Is he going to land somewhere else? Are they going to move Bridgewater? How's that? How's that going to play out? Well, I, th- I think they're they're going to stick with Keenan this season, aren't they? Why would you not? Uh, you know, until he, you know, unless he falls off a cliff and suddenly becomes the case Keenan that we remember from the Rams and previously, um, why would you? Why would you not stick with him? Look at what no, he's absolutely. done this year. But um, what's going to happen at the end of the does, year? We, we ain't got a lot, a lot of time left. That, that's a question I'm posing right now. It's easy to ride the hot hand. The young boy is coming back from an injury. Fair enough, but. Do you go into next season with two? Well, they're they're going to have they've got Sam Bradford as well. They're, they're going to have uh, a hand to play um, in when trading comes around. Um, it's a nice problem to have, isn't it? I mean, yeah, you would be you'd be surprised if they all stayed on the roster at Minnesota, but yeah, it's just I think what that, can they get for them? I think that the team has invested a lot in Teddy Bridgewater and I but I think he's probably their their franchise regardless of how well Case Keenum does. I I can see Case Keenum getting a big contract with one of the underperforming teams. I mean I could see him I could genuinely see him signing a contract with the Giants next season. Somewhere like that. I think it's a contract year for him, isn't it? Case Keenum. 
signed a one-year two million contract in 2017. So yeah, he's a free agent next year. So I can see him on the back of this performance going somewhere, getting a big contract and uh, becoming another sort of... Um, it was the it was the guy that signed for the uh, Seahawks after one good game with the Flynn. Flynn, Flynn, Flynn yeah, yeah. I could see him becoming someone <laughs> like that. You know, the, the team hitches their he wagon. He literally to had case. one game. Yeah, no, 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 but I can see. I can that see it happening. One game. <laughs> or or um, uh, the the Eagles guy that um, oh my god, names uh, the the. Um, had, has got the best touchdown to pass ratio Nick in Foles, the NFL. Nick, Nick Foles, yeah. yeah. Some team will hitch their wagon to to Case Keenum. As as for um, for Bradford, I think he's also a free agent at the end of the year, isn't he? So the situation could well sort itself out. Yeah, 2018 free agent. So, um, in fact, all three of their quarterbacks are free agents at the end of the year. So <coughs> it would make Probably sense. Not. It would make sense that they keep at least one of those players, and I think it will be Bridgewater. I mean, we've seen this year the importance of having good backups and the demise of teams like Green Bay with their situation. So it would make sense if they can to keep two because they've got some proven back history there. And I think you're right that Keenum is the most likely to go somewhere else. And there's a lot of teams out there would take someone with that level of um, proof. Playing at this level, <clears throat> and with a supporting cast who seem to be, you know, delivering, uh, and I'm I'm talking about Latavius Murray, I'm talking about Adam Thielen. I mean, that boy is just open all the time. It's crazy. Um, how how far can the uh, how far can the Vikings go, or is this just going to be a forgettable playoff run? Well, according to you, a forgettable playoff run is one that you don't end in the Super Bowl win. So, well, you have got to win some games, bro. That's all <laughs> I'm saying. I, th- I think you've got to win some games. I don't give a shit if you get to the playoffs. I think having seen a different side to the Saints this year, I think the Vikings and the Eagles are the class of the NFC. Um, I think the Vikings have missed a trick by not playing outside, <laughs> playing in the dome. Probably if they come up against. New Orleans isn't going to help them any, but yeah, they could, there's no reason I can't. I can see them getting to the championship game definitely. I agree. It's it's the fact that they have had to change their QB as as Patrick kind of touched on. Um, it's de- and and they're still they're still able to be so successful and prolific. I mean, look at look at the the team around them. Um, you mentioned Murray and Thielen. Um, they've had um. And I'm doing a Dougie, and his name escapes me. The the sort of third down back has been hard to stop. McKinnon, um, McKinnon, um, yeah, other Stefan Diggs, and they, they and you look at their defense. Um, you could, it's not like you could necessarily plug and play a QB in that team, um, but they've kind of set themselves up to be less at risk from that key injury, like in Aaron Rodgers, that as as you said has destroy the Packers. Um, so I don't think if they're not in the championship game, they won't be very far away. You don't see a disaster happening there, which kind of happened last year to them after their, their strong start. But. Five and <clears throat> Could, well, well, the other big hitter in the NFC, um, New Orleans Saints, um, had a bit of a, had a, had a 
good game with the, the Rams. Um, Jot won that on, on Sunday. <clears throat> what do we think about the, the Saints? And, you know, is Jared Goff the real deal? Because guy is something I clearly can get behind. <laughs> Don't all speak at once in that. No, we're all being too polite here. Um, both at once then now. Yeah, on. I was big on, on Goff coming back straight away from the loss the week before. I think that's a big statement of their, their playoff credentials because it would have been easy to go on a spin after that, but to come straight back for a, for a new quarterback is great. Um, the Saints will be there or thereabouts. They've got a much better D than before. They've got a really varied offense. I think that's what I like about them most. The run is there, but the they're all passing threats as well. So it's really hard to defend against their their multiple attacks, and that that'll take them a long way. They've they've had different personnel and at receiver, for example, that have have done well. I mean, you had a couple of weeks ago, Robert Woods ran for well, sorry, had a, two or three receiving touchdowns. He was actually out that game on Sunday, yeah, um, and they they've got other guys that they're throwing to Cooper Cup. So um, seem to be seems to be getting all the catches. Um, again, a bit like perhaps a bit like the Vikings. Okay, we haven't seen the the Rams with different different QBs, but there's plenty there um, where a couple of people go down and other others pick up the slack. Um, I, I expected the Saints to win that one actually. I just thought they'd be too strong, but um, yeah, the Rams the Rams impressed me. You didn't just when you think it might be a game too far for them. You know, they've stepped up and, and look really good. And they're again their defense. There are a lot of strong defences out there doing well. Yeah, remember this time last year when he was a bust. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a couple Jeff of Fisher, couple of little things that I thought about uh, mentioning this year, this week about Jared Goff. Um, I don't know if you're aware who the uh, the Rams OC is at the moment. No, it was uh, Matt Lafleur, who coincidentally was a QB coach during RG3's rookie season and he was a QB coach for Atlanta last season during Matt Ryan's explosion and now he's the OC with Jared Goff and he's kicking on so maybe there's a bit of a, a part of the reason for Jared Goff's improvement um I'd also say that they're doing interesting things with their offense I don't know if you ever watch their offense when they break they, when they break a huddle they're breaking a huddle sort of 25 26 seconds left in the play he gets to the line the line sets then he stands up and just scans the field, calls in an audible, and then they run the play. So there's a lot of uh, college, college-like um, concepts that are going into that Rams offense, which maybe make the game a little bit easier for him to read and understand, and maybe that's helping him a little bit. But again, that all comes down to the scheming coaches, you know. Um, but I think that that's one of the big things that I'm been most impressed with him because. You don't see second-year quarterbacks getting that type of responsibility. Um, you know, I think they meant, they even mentioned in commentary on Sunday that he, he, probably no other quarterback in their second year <clears throat> has done as much at the line other than maybe your Peyton Mannings and your Andrew Lux. I mean, this guy is is getting the opportunity to read the defense and make decisions, but most importantly, cool plays. Okay, you might have two or three, but he's able to make decisions and he's doing it well. Um, which I'm very surprised. He looks a completely different quarterback. You know, <clears throat> last year, 
I think it was his play was absolute dog shit. And and it's not about like what he's doing at the line. We never really got to see that stuff last year. And I love it. I'm I'm a Peyton Manning fan. I love seeing someone do their work like that. But what he was getting wrong last year was basics. He was missing open people. He was he was taking too long with a ball. He got a bit of pressure and and he, and he was he wasn't stepping up. His footwork was bad. All of that we're not seeing at the moment. He's got a heck of an arm. He doesn't need a lot of um, room to get the throw off. I, I do. I must admit, I do. I do like. I like a lot about that Rams. That Rams. That Rams team. Um, flipping on the other side though and the Saints yeah they took the loss but that Kamara I mean that is a true baller uh, and I, I, I kind of you kind of got to think Drew Brees is going to get it right he's kind of been on about 60% I think so far this year 60-70% some some really good flashes but he's not being asked to do as much but that running back I, I, I think you know jump on the bandwagon now he's going to be a force in this league for a while providing he can stay healthy the the saints have at times not had that much of a running game in history or recent history and you know as breeze is getting a bit older perhaps you think they need to need to rely or not have to rely on him so much is is what they need um they haven't needed him you know maybe you know, this this game didn't quite work out for them but i don't think it's it's not the sort of loss for them that you you're suddenly pushing the panic button. Um, they he's they've got a lot up their sleeve. You know, if the the you stack the box, I think we we talked about it. I think the Bills game the other day. Um, you stack the box against them to stop the run, and you're setting yourself up to have Drew Brees for a throw on you. And it's it's not that long since he's done that ridiculously. How reliant do you think the Rams are on uh, Todd Gurley? That's the reason I think the Saints will go further than the Rams is they've got much more kind of depth and breadth to the uh, the roster. Um, I worry if they get an injury in a key area, the Rams that they could fall by the wayside. That's a I fair think, point. Who are I think other... I'm, I'm less concerned about that because I think one, Todd Gurley is a proper baller, so having him as part of your offense makes sense, but. What I like about the Rams is that you've got these players like Cup, like Woods, who have who have stepped up and proven to be playmakers. So it's not as though they're having to... Don't get me wrong, Todd Gurley might still get 15, 20 touches a game, but they ain't got to. And if Goff needs to throw it 30 times, he can throw it 30 times, 40 times, no drama. Uh, and, and that defence is, is real, you know. There was times last year where he was a bit worried about... Um, you know, Aaron having a bit of a strop and, and, and not playing every down. I don't think that's the case anymore. He's beating people up in the mid, like literally taking out centers and guards for fun. Um, he, he's so disruptive in everything they do. So I, 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 I do, you know, we, we talked about that whole LA thing and having the two teams and blah, blah, blah. If I'm the Chargers, I'm worried <laughs> because I have no interest in the Chargers. If I'm in LA right now, right now it is Rams country. I don't, um, Todd, yeah, Todd Gurley is an essential piece, but I don't think Alvin Kamara or Mark Ingram work as well if one of them goes down. I think the fact that they complement each other perfectly is probably helping both of them. Um, obviously, yeah, if your fallback plan is... If your fallback plan, if if your run game and your and your plan A doesn't work, is Drew Brees, you do it. 
then that's not too bad a plan, is it? The, the question remains if if Goff does suffer an injury to one of his offensive players, can you hitch the rest of the team on the back of Jared Goff? I don't know if you can. I think the threat, I think you've seen recently the the, the threat of opening the, the tackle box up and letting Gurley have his way is, is too much for teams to really say, okay, we'll do that. Uh, <laughs> the outside weapons, while they're good, aren't as good as what Drew Brees will make his look like. If you get my meaning, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I do, and I, I, I agree. Hence, I thought the Saints would Saints would win going into this game, um, but they didn't. You know, you've got to take your hat off to that. Talking of um, QB chat, bit of a uh, breaking news: Eli is going to ride the pine, and uh, Gino is going to get the start. What? What? <laughs> Breaking news. Hang on. When... Breaking news, mate. Does, um, what do we think about that? I mean, I suppose New York needed something to get excited about, but having been a Jets fan, <laughs> Gino, Gino might not be that guy. Um, well, does that this is, this make is any a, difference to the Giants at all? This is a coach who is about to be fired throwing a desperate move into the ring, blaming his quarterback who... That's what it is. Go get Cap then! I mean, come on. Go get Cap in New York. Let the, let a grenade off. Why it's play what Gino? It is. It, it's literally <laughs> McAdoo saying, it's not my fault, it's Eli Manning's fault. It's the most blatant piece of self-servingism you could ever see from a, a seated NFL coach. But don't oh, worry. As soon as they the see Gino Smith play, uh, it will become clear to anybody who it wasn't clear to already. Yeah, yeah, Manning will be back on that on that field by the third quarter, I would imagine. <laughs> this is the thing. Don't be don't be fooled if we see two or three weeks of good Gino play. Because one, he's a good athlete and two, he can play quarterback. The biggest issue with Gino I, I personally is one, he hasn't got he he's got doesn't seem to have that mentality and people don't really like him. <laughs> so sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it takes a little while for people to realise you're a knob. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how it worked. But would it be surprising if the Giants go and win two or three games on the back of this? Um, I'm not sure what their schedule looks like. Um, and Gino starts getting a talk. But why do this? This feels rubbish. If you're going to do that, listen. I have no issue with McAdoo lighting a fire, watching it all burn, and then getting his marching orders I'm fine with that but Gino Smith like what, what are you hoping If what happens if they go out and get another 50 put on them like that makes no sense to me and what, what the point what an insult to the career of Eli Manning I mean uh, yeah he's not he's obviously not had his best season either but he hasn't missed a game since 2004 I think I mean yeah it, uh, that stinks <laughs> Sorry, Ben. <laughs> we had a lot of QB chat last week. Obviously, there's been a few QB moves. Q- to be honest, a, a, an underlying theme this year, if probably every year, but certainly this year, has been the QB carousel. Um, we've seen unbelievable performances to Sean Watson, Case Keenum. Um, we've also seen some embarrassing Tom Savage-esque play. Um, it's called a quarterback-driven league. Uh, and do they they get a lot of pressure? Um, 
Doug, Doug, remind us how you evaluate a quarterback. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just looking at Twitter and uh, the New York Giants have tweeted uh, Geno Smith. Uh, it's a colon. Um, Eli Manning has done a bunch of things for this organization that can never be forgotten. Jack Humphrey replies with, die. <laughs> <laughs> he literally won them two Super Bowls. Oh, no, no, Jack, he's talking Jack's about Gino. He's so angry. He's saying that to How Gino. How do you hate Eli? I he doesn't. Understand. He's saying that to Gino. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> good. Um, yeah. I've. How do I evaluate a quarterback? Hmm. I don't think I've ever so, been asked well, to do that before. La- last week, I felt that your points were conflicting. So rem- help me understand. Uh, why don't you tell me how they were conflicting? No, no, you tell me your philosophy. Because no, I'm, I'm not sure what you're on about. So if you, if you give me a, a clue well, me so, up. So one of the, I suppose one of the things is I think you were saying that we give too much credit to quarterbacks, particularly mm. when they play well early. Well, I, no, I was saying, but in, in, in both ways, we give both too much credit and, and too much criticism. A quarterback's career is, is made in the first couple of games. I mean, look at Brett Hundley, right? So he's had two really bad starts and then showed signs of life this week. But if you took the media perception from the first two weeks, he's written off, like completely written off. And then that that performance last week comes out of seemingly nowhere and all of a sudden, oh, actually, Brett Hunley's looking all right. This time last year, Jared Goff being written off. This year, MVP candidate, everyone's singing about how great Jared Goff is and Carson Wentz as well. Um that's all I was saying. I, like, I'm not going to sit here and say I know how to evaluate a quarterback better than anyone else because clearly I don't. What I'm saying is that I I have some degree of understanding about how the media works and columns that start with a headline saying, oh, this quarterback's played two games, maybe we should let him breathe for a bit. Don't get as many clicks as Brett Hunley is a corpse. Why is he playing for Green Bay? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's that is a that that is a very good point, and I do think that is an issue because, to be honest with you, I don't have a I don't have a massive problem with the pressure quarterbacks are under. I do think that the quarterback is the most important position on a football field. Don't get me wrong; a, t- a, a great team can win without a good quarterback. It's been proven, but. I think that we are deluded if we don't think quarterback is the most important position. But part of playing the quarterback is managing that pressure, managing that expectation that you are the leader and you have to come through in the clutch. And when you do well, we're all going to say it was you who who did it. And when we fuck up, we're going to say it was you who was shit. And I, I, and I think that good call. That's why I'm so I'm very very impressed with Case Keenum. Um, some might say he had very little pressure in, in, in that environment, um, but you come back, you've been hammered pretty much, um, you know, in your career. And and you're playing with confidence, playing with character, playing with poise, um, making it exciting. The game is still entertaining, you know. It it should still be fun to watch. Um, So that's what, you know, thinking about it, one of the good things about Eli is he's always been cool with that type of pressure. Yep, all right, have a pop. No worries. I'll be back on Sunday, probably chucking a few touchdowns. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I, I don't. I do think we are quick to jump on a quarterback, um, but I think that's part of it, and that's that is one of the questions I have. You know, we talked. You, you talked about Dak last week. 
we all know I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of Dak. That's one of the questions I want to see. I want to see you got to come back. You know, you, 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 chips are down. You're in a bit of a hole. People are questioning you for the first time in the league. You got to um, let's see, let's see, you t- let's see you turn it around. I think the pressure builds with each win. So in in the case of Keenum, there was less pressure at the start, and it's building as we go through. But it's about the pieces you've got around you as well. So he's got a good O line giving him time. He's got receivers who are making plays and a running game that's giving people problems as well. You look at Dallas, which is the flip side. Prescott's O line's weak. His receivers pretty mediocre this season, and his running game is suspended. So they're they're, they're struggling, and it's not just down to him. But you're right, it's him that takes the the face of that. I think I think it comes around. It literally comes around to. People, people don't, people don't want to take the time to actually find out for themselves. They're quite happy to let other people do their thinking for them. You look at Super Bowl MVP. It doesn't matter what goes on in that game. The winning quarterback nine times out of ten gets a, gets the MVP. Is it, for a game that is supposedly for everyone. Like it doesn't matter what size and shape you are. In theory, I mean, I know at the elite level, it's, you know, the biggest and strongest. But in theory, it takes all shapes and sizes. And it is an, the ultimate team game in that if you remove one piece, the whole tower crumbles. For some reason, with with the news cycle and the way we consume media now, everything falls on a quarterback. Well, a quarterback's play can be made and broken by his offensive scheme. And this is my point as well last week. Coaches are, are unwilling to adapt. This is what I think is happening in Buffalo. The Buffalo coaches are unwilling to adapt to a scheme that will fit. Um, come on. Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> Jesus. This is getting worse every week. I know, mate. mate have you got answer. Alzheimer's? What yeah, is think, going oh, on? Literally. I, have, literally. I think I have too many knocks on the head, mate. Um, <laughs> yeah, so they're, they're unwilling to fit a scheme around Tyrod Taylor because they believe that he's not the player that suits their scheme. Well, change your fucking scheme. Don't be so arrogant. You know, they're the players you dealt with. Make it work. That's what Bill Belichick does and everyone thinks he's a genius. So it doesn't take a genius to work out that maybe everyone should do that. You know, but maybe they're not good enough coaches. And it comes down to little things like, is the quarterback coach any good? There's so many things that go into being a quarterback to, to give a guy two games and then throw him on the scrap heap. You know, there gets a point though when when you look at someone like Blake Bortles, you've got to start thinking. Well, maybe he's not good enough because he's had a succession of quarterback coaches, he's had a succession of head coaches, different offensive schemes. He's got a great running. He's finally got a really good running back and some good receivers, and he's doing barely enough. And for a guy that's been in the league as long as him, he should be better. So. And I believe that any number of the quarterbacks that we've spoken about about being average, you put Alex Smith on that on that Jaguars team. I'm telling you, they're winning games comfortably. On regardless of let's forget about the the joking and the Bortles facts and everything else for a moment. Um, when he started out, I thought he was decent. I thought this is a guy who who is. Um, and actually, when the Jags first drafted him, they were terrible. Um, Bortles came in and he was he looked one of the best things about them in his his rookie season as time's gone on the rest of the team has improved and Bortles seems to have regressed I don't know I mean last year he was a bit of a laughing stock um 
is it fair? Is it fair to say he's improved a little bit this year, or he's able to to manage games a bit better, or is that just down to the rest of the Jags? I'm not convinced he's that much better. He misses open receivers too often when we need it. Uh, he still takes sacks too often when he should be getting rid of the ball and uh, keeping us kind of where we are on the field, so we end up in 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 long situations. He's got a better outline, which helps him. Um, and I think the scheming suits his play better, which is, I guess, a, like, like what Dougie was saying, you you coach to the players' abilities that you've got and get the most out of them. Um, but what we've seen is when we're comfortably ahead, then we're fine. When we're in close games, then we lose, partly down to the fact that of, of the way Bortles plays and partly down to the, um, the, the offensive play calling, I think, was the major thing this weekend. So we got to second and three and threw two incomplete passes at one point. And you're just like, you're, you're a run first team. We've got seven yards on first down. Why are you throwing so much? And then right at the end, kind of giving away, having to punt, giving them the chance to win it, which they duly did. You know, a more competent selection of, of, of offensive plays would have uh, came and we didn't have. So, um, given that we've been wittering on for about 45 minutes. Um, anything else caught your eye this week before we move on to Fantasy Boys? Um, well, I mean, the, there was a bit of a bit of fun in Oakland, wasn't there? Um, forget people, about the game. Pe- people fighting oh. with helmets on again. That is, I, yes, just, I, mean, I just don't understand. The first thing I'm going to do, I don't have a problem. Again, it's a violent sport. I have no issue with a tear-up. The first thing I'm doing is I'm taking your helmet off. It doesn't make no sense for me to fight you when I've got a helmet on. I, I, I haven't got a helmet on and you've got a helmet on. That is stupid. That's stupid. It doesn't make no sense. I'm taking your helmet off at least. Crabtree, come on, man. Also, if you're throwing a punch, you're helmetless and you're throwing a punch at a guy wearing a helmet and you don't even make contact. Crazy. No, that's, that's, well, that's, probably, that's not... He probably second-guessed himself. He probably threw it for, let's this, this isn't the smartest idea. <laughs> it was a worse punch than I could have thrown, honestly. But did you see how it actually started? Uh, Malkin, was it? Yeah. The, oh, no, that was last yeah. year. That was last year. No, 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 year, he it? did it again. They didn't oh, spot really? it at first, yeah. Um, <laughs> the, exactly the same thing happened. Um, apparently, reading a bit more into this, the previous play, um, Crabtree, Crabtree took a cheap shot at Chris Harris which Tlaib had obviously seen and then that's kind of very fresh in, in his memory the following play and he just goes for that necklace again I mean there's there's clearly something between those two I, but to be to be truthful I don't think aside of Tlaib and Crabtree between each other I don't think either of them have that many friends with other people <laughs> <laughs> two disgraceful individuals and they've both what two game ban each is it yeah fair enough I think that's fine. Yeah. It's, it. it's entertaining, though. Yeah. I know it shouldn't be, and it's disgraceful, but... It is. It's entertaining. It's fun, it's fun but to watch. let us not forget, it's football. It's a violent game. These people are smashing each other in the mouth, running as fast as they can. At some point, tempers are going to flare, and it might turn into a into a punch-up. Um, I, I, yeah. kind of, I kind of feel the worst offender with all of that was the... Um, I'm doing a Dougie but he's, he's a guard, so you'll forgive me. His name escapes me. He shoved the official in the ribs. Um, that's that's like a step to... Well, not as if Crabtree and Tlaib didn't go too far. Of course they did, but that's like a step further. You, know, you don't put your hands on an official. 
That's, that's despicable. So, as we head into uh, a bit of fantasy, everyone ready for looking forward to next week? Got your previews at hand? I'll take that as a yes. <laughs> Patrick, um, we've been doing this in one take recently, mate. So don't <laughs> fuck it up. No pressure. <laughs> All right. Dougie, run rhythm. What was that? <laughs> Doug, he literally said, what? <laughs> Don't worry about it. We're, we're good to go. Redskins at Cowboys. Redskins meet the Cowboys at dawn in the last chance saloon. Chiefs at Jets. Perennial underachievers versus the outfit punching. Fancy's Kansas, Fancy Kansas' soft belly to get torn up by the boys. Patriots at Bills. Or our Buffalo having to play that evil organisation twice a year. Broncos at Dolphins. Elway versus Marino, this is not. 49ers at Bears. Once upon a time, this was a marquee matchup. Today, 2017, not so much. The Jimmy G era begins. Lions at Ravens. The Ravens might be the worst team ever to be in contention for the playoffs at this stage of the season. Vikings at Falcons. Case in a dome. On current form, this one should be 38-42. Look for a high-scoring pick'em, but I like Keenum and the Vikes to take this one in the clutch. Bucks at Packers. Hundley showed signs of life last week. Can he continue it against the listless Bucks? Texans at Titans. Let's not forget that the Texans scored 57 points in their earlier matchup in Houston, but that was with Sean Watson and JJ Watt. Colts at Jags. Great chance for the Jags to bounce back against a woeful Colts. Let's face it, if they can't beat the Colts, they're going out in the wildcard game. Browns at Chargers. Anyone still playing Survivor are taking the Chargers in this one. Rams at Cards. Cardinals won't go away, but the Rams have to win. Giants at Raiders. The two most disappointing teams of the 2017 NFL season for me, Raiders in a drab affair. Panthers at Saints. Big game in the NFC. Two good Ds, two great quarterbacks. Despite the Saints having a hallmark year running the ball, this one rests on the arm of Drew Brees. Eagles at Hawks. Perhaps the biggest test yet for the Eagles, and I think they're up to it. Steelers at Bengals. Antonio Brown is in the form of his life. Steelers have to capitalise and hope that it's not peaking too soon. And that rounds up next week's previews. Not Uh, bad. I should just say, I should just say, we don't do this together. So, if they sound slightly similar, <laughs> that isn't technically our fault. <laughs> I think, Adam, you must have said one, and I said one, which were basically the same. Well, we yeah, write them 30 seconds it, before we start, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's all good. Um, before, before we move on, can I just quickly pick up on your little preview, Patrick? Um, it's funny how what you're saying about the Colts and they have been a terrible team this season um, bar a few flashes from likes of Marlon Mack and Brissett and well, not many others, Jack Doyle actually. Uh, but I had exactly the same feelings about the Titans game going into Indy, Indy last week. You kind of think if we're not, if we don't win that one, yeah, kind of forget it. You don't deserve anything from the season. Um, and the Titans were lucky to, to get a win, to be honest in that one. Um, just, where you see the AFC South, I mean, it, it's become 
a two horse race. Um, obviously, you're you're probably calling it the Jags way. Um, is it just going to come down? I mean, the the final game is going to be Jacksonville at Tennessee on New Year's Eve. Is that going to be kind of well? Both teams may be in the playoffs actually by then. Looking at the AFC, I'm just wondering where you saw it. I mean, we both have easy run-ins. Um, you've got the Rams to play. That might be the only loss I can see you picking up in your you, last last three. You've got the Seahawks similarly. Yes. Yeah. So it, it's going to be neck and neck. Um, I think the last three games we've had, we've scraped two wins, looked increasingly, and so I, I think we're going. We're on a, on a downslope where you're on an upslope. So I, I fancy you to win the division and us to pick up a wild card slot. It's funny because I see it the other way around. It's fun, it's, it's incredible the confidence that <laughs> you can have in your own team. Um, I don't know if maybe Tennessee are on an upslope. Um, Tennessee have been lucky in a few ways this year. Injuries haven't hit us, or where we've had injuries, they've just been niggles that you know, Mariota missed one one and a half games, and it kind of wasn't really fit for another couple, and it didn't really hurt us too much. Um, you kind of you're always concerned. Like we were talking about the Rams earlier, um, you know, say a couple of key guys go down, what that does. Um, but yeah, I think it. Yeah, you know, if you're predicting the Titans, I'm predicting the Jags. Um, it could be a coin flip, and so, so, hopefully so, we'll so, both be both be at the playoffs. Sounds like you're both bottling it. Um, <laughs> our teams, our teams will do that for us. More, uh, more importantly, let's talk fantasy. Big Ben, Bill Belichick, Taylor, Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Fat Rob, Defensive players are idiots. So, Dingle Dougie, he's gone. Where is he? Doug's walking around. I heard him just pouring half his bottle of Pinot Noir basically (laughs) into the mic. Um, So, it's getting to the business end of the fantasy season. Um... You'll have people in your league who have dropped out about four weeks ago. Burn those people. Erase oh, them from that. your lives. They are the worst type of guys. Go go around their houses, knock on the door with a few friends, wait till they open and just stand and shake your head and then leave. The, these type of people deserve zero respect. They need to stick it out and take their lumps. However, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm pretty confident that doesn't apply to you. Um, what's it? Next week? Last week? Is that for everyone? A bit varies by league, doesn't it? But it is in our our league, isn't it? So next week is is, is next week for both of mine. I'm pretty sure most leagues going to be the next week and the week after. Um, very very briefly, I suppose what we'll do. We have obviously got the long snap pod fantasy league. Um. Adam, Doug, I and Mark all have individual uh, divisions. Let's quickly run down our individual divisions. Adam, do you want to kick us off? How has that played out? Who's going through in yours? Well, it's you know, it's the, the unbalanced nature of this. Our, our division have got three three strong teams um, ahead and you look at you look at Mark's division and there are going to be probably two teams that will have inferior records than the one of one of ours who are going to miss out. Uh, it could be my team that misses out. Looking at it, uh, Rich and uh, the other team who I've forgotten because I don't have this in front of me ever. The prepared, um, I've forgotten who they are. Another Welsh team, Patriots. In my division. Welsh Patriots. Thank you. 
Um, so uh, it could. Um, I think my team are playing them, so it could come down to that. I'm not sure where the tiebreakers are, but one of us is going to miss out. I think Rich looks good. Um, he should go on into the playoffs. Um, but yeah, comparing it with with Mark's division, there could be a couple of teams with almost losing records going through. I think it's uh, the tiebreaker must be head to head. Doug, do you want to confirm? Tiebreaker is head to head, then points, which is why Marshawn. Although I don't really understand it because in my division, uh, the motorbike gang are above me. Although we've both beaten each other once, and I beat him by a bigger margin, and I've got more points than him, so I'm not too sure why he's ahead of me. So it's the well, commissioner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unless it's, no, sounds like a you problem, bro. Maybe, maybe it's uh, <laughs> maybe it's points difference that's the tiebreaker there. Anyway, yeah. Um, Five in a row for me. Um, just saying. So that looks like Doug and George are going to go through from that division. Mine, um, I'm, I think I'm pretty confident. I think that's me and me and Viney through. Uh, I had a little uh, five-game winning streak myself. I'm pretty sure, or at least four. Um, had to had to pick it up because I was like zero and four to begin with. Um, but Viney's comfortable nine and three. And in Mark's division, Mark's out. <laughs> so it's uh, Vince. Well, is, is he though? Anybody he's four can, and eight. No, he's anybody out. Can make it from there. He's, he's What's that? Two and eight, probably. He's <laughs> okay. pretty much guaranteed to be out because Vince has a head-to-head on him. Um, yeah. Going unnoticed, though, almost Jameis in in your division, Adam. Are they're on a six-game win streak to get to six and six? And they still might miss. Yeah. Oh, they'll they certainly miss. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got it. Too, too, too little too late <laughs> um, so as we look forward to our well those of us who are going to go to the playoffs takeaways from this year what are we hoping to do any moves people are trying to make waiver wire pickups uh, and generally maybe a bit of a insight into your approach this year and how, how it's turned out this this week it's it's all about Josh Gordon isn't it if, if you if he hasn't gone already in some leagues. He's he's on the old waiver wire here and now. And I I saw that Dougie had got him, Mate, but I he's going to play. Him up weeks ago. Yeah, no. Well, you would. Um, well, he's he's uh, he's going to play at the Chargers. Is it the Chargers they're playing? Uh, I'll be, I can't wait to see that. Um, there's a few stories floating around. Um, how he made ten k a year drug dealing a in month. college. Ten k a month. Ten k. Oh, right. Whatever. Actually, that's substantial. Um, that's, <laughs> it's not that much. Oh, all right, flashy. Yeah, two and a half grand a week on a massive campus where everybody's there. When you're the most to get when, high. when you're the most high-profile football player in the entire school. Yeah, sure. It's not like you can just walk a, around slinging bags of weed, is it? Ah, uh, he's got <laughs> man them running that shit. Get me, like cash. Yeah, no idea. We <laughs> we digress. The problem with uh, Gordon is, as it has been, who's throwing him the ball? Well, it hasn't mattered in the past. Well, I, yeah. I actually I, the and Kaiser showed getting, signs of life last week. Is last he still going to be able to ball two years out? Is that two years? Two oh, years who, who knows? But it's going to be fun finding out, isn't exactly. it? It's <laughs> worth having him. It's worth a punt, no doubt. Um, I'll tell you the big big surprise for me has been has been Thielen. He he does he is open all day. Um 
And if you've had him, if you've if you've had him in your league and you played him every week, you, you, you're probably doing okay because um, that that guy has been a, a, a comfortable guy to go to for both Bradford and and and, and um, I'm doing a Dougie now, Keenan. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's yeah. not like we've talked about the Vikings at all tonight, is it? Which, which I was very surprised about. Um, for me, I think fantasy is proven again. You know, you I I, I do don't get me wrong. You've got to make adjustments. But I'm a big fan of making a pick, having a go, and 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 letting it giving it a chance to work. I do think there's always the risk in fantasy where you abandon your ideology too early. Yeah, whatever. Um <laughs> <laughs> you just play it. You just watch how it goes on, and you react to it. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it don't. I think at this stage in the season as well, you you've kind of what lumbered with what you've got to a certain extent. Um, Dougie needs to toilet again. Um, so if, <laughs> there, there's there's not much on the waiver wire at this point, is there? Or you've or something something's gone seriously wrong. Um, you've you've got what you've got. You're hoping that you've. You've not had too many injuries. The bye weeks are over, so you're not worried about that at least. But um, yeah, if you're, you're just trusting to luck at this point, aren't you? To, to I think honest. there's one or two bits that might, you might be able to to pick up. I'm thinking about players who who probably should have been better than they were. You might get a Dak on the waiver wire now, and if you're in desperate need for a quarterback, is it worth a punt? You might get a I'm Sammy Watkins. <laughs> you might get a Sammy Watkins, somebody who, who maybe even drafted Watkins, expecting him to do all right. Um, you know, he's had signs of life off the last two or three weeks. I, I do if, think if it's definitely worthwhile Craig, if, keeping an eye. If you're in playoff contention, though, you've probably not not been using those sort of players. You've probably got players on your team that you're you're happy with that have got you to where you are. Unless unless you've suddenly got two or three injuries and you've you've got to make a desperate move. Um, you're you're probably happy, and if you're picking, if you're looking at Sammy Watkins because your players aren't aren't doing well enough, then you're probably two and eight or two and nine, wherever we are. Yep. Well, um, it's been um, fun, Patrick. What do you want to sh- do? You want to brag about the the pick'em while you're on? Um, it's going all right. I'm what second or third? It's 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 been a good season. I missed the first. Third. Of three, <laughs> of your long, of your, your your long snap, I guess. So it's like nine, I think. Adam, when did you stop playing that? There's, I'm still doing the pit. Oh, I haven't done this week's. I'm looking, looking at it. I'm still doing the picks, but yeah, it's I'm a bit behind. The survivor, survivor, we got about twenty. Okay, that's um, good. Yeah, so marks, marks top. There's not much in it though. You're not far. You're not far away. Um. Yes, and Survivor. I think we've still got two guys, two guys active, um, who should be picking the charges this week if they're not. Well, one yeah, of those. That, uh, I said it in kind of in jest in the in the one sentence previews. But if if you haven't picked the charges yet, um, which you may not have done, that is a glaring glaring one. I'm looking. So we've got Rich and Viney still in Survivor. Have either of them picked the charges? Doesn't look like they have. So. Um, Rich's tactic of just picking who the the 49ers are against each week. Um, yeah, maybe he continues with that instead. Uh, you're still in one then, Patrick? Yeah, survivor-wise, it's the first time I've done it. I've done well this year. And yeah, I picked the Chargers this week. Uh, in fact, we, 
I just can't get over Blockhead. I just can't. I can't stand him. <laughs> he's stupid throwing arm. Idiot. <laughs> Listen, in the interest of ensuring this isn't an eight-hour pod, um, before we hit any other business, just going to key you in on our weekly accumulator. Last week, um, we had a little bet. I'm going to try and bring it up so I can actually tell you what we did. We didn't win. But I liked the bet at the time. Um, we, you always like the bet at the time. You say <laughs> that. kind of. Do you face bets that you don't like? I do. What? I do really? place bets I don't like. Yeah, because it kind of gets in my mind, and I think, oh, but if. Um, so we went with a treble. We've we, we've kind of ditched the idea of trying to call, you know, thirteen results or whatever, because <laughs> that's mental. Um, but it's almost we, like the NFL's too unpredictable for that to work. <laughs> <laughs> what we did go with was a cheeky treble, which included no uh, that points wouldn't be scored in every quarter in the Kansas um, and Bills game, which it wasn't. I'm pretty sure. Who picked that? I think I picked that one. Uh, Adam, you went for the no points in every quarter in the Colts-Titans game. And well, there not, were. Yeah, every single and, Dougie went with the Bengals-Browns, I think, and there were. So, you both got it wrong. I got it right. We won no money. Uh, this week, what are people looking at? What are we going to stick our money on? Sorry, I'm back. Uh, child issues. Um, we, we, we didn't miss. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Um, charming, charming as ever. I'm going to look at TD scorers. There's some good odds on TD scorers. Um your your sort of second or third running backs. I like the odds. You get sort of five, six to one. So I'm going to have a look into the stats in that and pick a anytime TD scorer. Nice. Adam? I've got a much more negative bet. Um, and this is from just how uninspiring to me the Broncos-Dolphins game is. You know, two lackluster offences who've just gone backwards. Um, QB... QB controversies in both in both camps. Um, so I'm looking at, yeah, you know, it's not necessarily nailed on, but good value, zero to thirty-three total points in that game. Sky bet is fifteen to eight. I fancy that. Um, I can see it being a, a low-scoring, terrible game to be honest. Um, so let's celebrate that. There you go. And I too have gone for that, but I've gone for the 39 to 42 points and get six to one. <clears throat> we'll have a look. The, the two bets in the accumulator directly conflicting. We're going to have to debate <laughs> That's not gonna it. Work. We're going to debate yeah. it. I, I'm, I'm going to go with the, the six to one bet. We'll have a chat in the WhatsApp, put it out, see how it turns out. Can we, can we win some money, please? Just some. That's not going to happen. And the tens of listeners who are out there. Are you in? I won a league based on taking Adrian Peterson in like round six. Man like Z! <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, let's go to any other business. Patrick, as you are a guest, please, what would you like to share? I'd like to request that the people of Hertfordshire so show some... Um, that includes some me. Yeah, show some thought for your fellow pedestrians slash drivers. Use your indicators at roundabouts so I'm not waiting in case you come straight across. Don't walk on the cycle pass when there's a pavement running parallel to it. It does my nutting every time I go to work and I'm I'm done with it. I'm just going to drive into people from now on. 
I agree. I that's a good AOB. I agree. Pisses me off. If you're coming round, let me know if you're going to turn off instead of making me wait. You penis. Like it's not difficult. Yeah. The frustrating thing about that is you can't. By the time you realise what's happened, they've gone. You can't make a gesture or or honk your horn at them because it's too late because you're waiting for them. And then by the time they've done that and they've gone past, it's just the moment's gone and you're angry because you couldn't show your anger at them. Yeah. Maybe everyone should just chill out a bit. <laughs> everyone knows what's going on at a roundabout. Just be an adult. Uh, or just or just drive on the cycle paths. Cyclists. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, cheery. Go on then. Go, go on then. Hey, happy. Yeah, He's yeah, talking you know to you, Doug. You, Doug. Uh, I just... Uh, <laughs> Just, just, just get some new material, mate. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, if it weren't, if it weren't broken at all, what's the point in even mentioning it? One, whatever. AOB, mate. Um, Come on, kids. Come on, kids. <laughs> uh, no, somebody else go. I've forgotten what mine was. I had it and then I forgot it. Okay. I'll a little rant about NFL shop. Um. <laughs> that's quite a nice moment for my wife to walk in a room and laugh. <laughs> um, I feel slightly uncomfortable with you being in a room when I have these rants because most of them you've heard already. But anyway, <laughs> um, it's thrown me. Uh, yeah, I ordered some stuff from NFL shop two weeks ago and a bit, um, including a jersey for, for my son who is hopefully asleep now because um, he's going to get it for Christmas. If I ever get it, that is. Uh, it was a Derek Henry top. Henry's his name. He's six. He likes the idea that the Titans have a player called Derek Henry. So I'm going to get him a Derek Henry jersey, um, which is all fine. Ordered, ordered, found they didn't have the size I wanted. I asked them, are you getting that back into stock? They replied with, yes, it is in stock. Check again. And they'd, in those three seconds, added it to the website. So we'll order this, and then it arrives, instead of a jersey saying Henry and a number 22, a jersey with Henry and a number two turns up, which was the number he wore in college and, as a running back, isn't allowed to wear in the NFL. Um, so I queried this. So you've sent, you've custom-made the jersey when I actually just ordered the standard one. Um, you've, sent the, the, you've done it with the wrong number. Can I have it swapped, please? And they, their reply was, no, we haven't. You ordered it with a number two. No, I didn't. This argument could go on a while. In the end, this was on email, Twitter, DMs. I ended up ringing them. They were still like, no, you've ordered number two. No, I'll tell you what. I'll send you a screenshot of the webpage and the picture of the jersey with the number 22 from your website. I'll show you highlights from the NFL. I've been playing with a jersey with a number 22, if you like, and explain to me how I've ordered it with a number two. It kind of a bit of an impasse. And this, okay, return it to us. Fine, returned it. Um, Notes, please replace with the correct number. Then I get two days later an email. Oh, you've been refunded um, because the item you requested isn't available. Okay, reply. How is it still not available? It's on your website. Can I can I order it? Yeah, you can order it. Sorry about that. Place your order again. Place the order again with a note following up. Can you make sure this has the number twenty two? given the previous mistake, some gremlin in your system. It's not us. So then I get, then I get my reply, your order's been cancelled and refunded because um, the item you're, you've ordered with a number two doesn't match your requested number 22. It's, 
it's, I ended up phoning up, placing an order over the phone on Friday. I haven't had it yet. Who knows what I'm going to get? Adam, do me a favour. Yeah. Write a book. I feel like this stuff needs to be committed to the page. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go. This was um, trying to make it shorter. Honestly, <laughs> it was. I'm going to go. There is a real dark place right in the depths of hell reserved for a certain type of person. I'm talking about your, your, uh, your murderers, your rapists, you kitty fiddlers. Where's this? This is going to a dark And place. you motherfuckers who think it's okay to rest your door on the car next to you when you open it. Now, I'm just going to put this out there. If I personally catch you with your door rested fully open on my door with you making no effort to cushion that as you exit your vehicle... I'm taking that as a declaration of rule. Don't rest your door on my door. I, if you can rest your door on my door, I can rest my cock on your missus face. Don't <laughs> fucking do it. It's not on, bro. Because you're going to talk... Uh, the, the, the slightest dent in my... I can see it a mile away and it pisses me off to the high heavens. Got back to my car the other day and on the passenger side, there was the faintest dent. Clearly caused by somebody opening their door and not having any consideration for the vehicle parked next to it. That spitting in someone's face, grabbing someone's tits, all in the same area. Just know if you are willing to commit such a heinous crime, be prepared for any repercussions. You if you can't. park too close to them, is that why? I'm a fantastic park. Fantastic. Regardless, the space... Else? The, the space right. is the space. Hold your door. Put your arm around it. Cushion it. Ensure that when you leave your vehicle, the door and my door do not touch. But what if they indicate to say that that's what they're going to do? Is that then acceptable? To indicate that you're going to open the door on my door. Adam, I yeah. feel like I should poke you in the eye as well as the person opening the door. Dougie, bring home this eight-hour marathon. Um, I took my daughter to ballet tonight. She goes to ballet dancing and tap dancing. Um, for some reason, my wife decided that after school would be a good time to do that. Not the weekend when I'm not there. Um, so we go to ballet dancing. I get a dress. She goes off with a little friend, Grace. I sit there with Ollie. We're playing on a flight simulator on his little iPad. And, uh, 460 fucking irritating mothers with their ratty children come in and sit in the waiting room for an hour for their class to start because they're too fucking bone idle to walk home. Like, just walk home. It is not a big enough room for 35 screaming children and their awful mothers to sit there nattering on, eating biscuits, talking about fucking school fates, talking about my little ponies. I don't care. Right, that waiting room is for the eight children that are being taught how to tap dance and ba do ballet dancing. It is not so a social. What were you doing in there? Meeting, waiting for my daughter to finish her class, which is what I just said. What I said is, it's not, yeah, it's not a crash to wait there for an hour for your class to start because you can't be fucked to walk home first. 
is it? And then when you get there, don't get your children undressed and leave your fucking clothes and bags all over seats so no other person can sit on them, so they have to sit on the floor. Just have common decency. Pick your stuff up, put it in a bag, leave the bag by the, underneath the benches. Don't leave it on the chairs, you fucking ignorant pricks. This, is, this has been an angry AOB all around, which is where it should be. None of this positive stuff. This is back to where we belong. And on that one, we will leave you. Um, yeah. Enjoy NFL. It's, gonna, it's not going to be here soon. Good luck in your fantasy if you need this week to make it. Uh, you know, hope no one gets ejected or fumbles the ball in their first play, breaking their arm and leaving the game. Happy fantasy. Unless it's someone from the evil organisation, obviously. Goes without all day saying. long. All day. We always want to see a Tom Brady knee injury. Good evening. Have a good one. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>